0: Powered by Rep Media in partnership with TSN, this is Season 5 and it is Episode 33 of the Ray and Hockey Podcast presented by our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey, who have introduced the first release of the Canadian Club Invitation Series, CC 15-year-old Sherry task, mm-hmm. all the hallmarks of classic Canadian Club, with the added, ri- uh, added richness and sweetness of Sherry. Thank you, Tiny, chirping in with the uh, Canadian Club Whiskey read, um... So you're you're going to appreciate this, Ray. Uh, I don't travel nearly as much anymore, and the lovely Holly Drigger almost never travels, almost never. Right. And and if she does, it's normally with me. That's just the way it is. So she's seeing family in BC as we talked about recently. Uh, decides after two weeks she's coming home, so books her flight out of Kelowna, and it's like a four o'clock Pacific flight, which is often in that danger zone anyway when you're coming basically across country so she gets a notice flights delayed by two hours oh yeah i don't know why i find this is amusing so well, supposed to if be you, a 615 departure
1: yeah. let me interrupt if you're through security <laughs> in Kelowna, you've got about 42 square feet of
0: space to move around <laughs> it's in there, So not a lot as well actually good luck you know they 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 alerted that there was this delay well in advance so she didn't she wasn't even at the airport so that's fine that's fine gets there um now another two and a half hour delay Uh oh so the 4 p.m pacific flight is scheduled to leave at like 8 37 p.m the poor woman so now i'm kind of all over the place Uh, i was sort of kind of just okay with the idea picking her up at the airport at midnight eastern Right? Ooh. On a four PM uh, four PM Pacific flight. So obviously, um, yeah, I got a busy day ahead. We've got the podcast, I've got insider trading, we've got the Leafs and the Oilers tonight on the network. Yeah, I got look got a full play. So I decide, look, I'm just gonna send the car. Car service pick her up. She walked in this morning into the house uh at four fifty Eastern AM. <laughs> <laughs> That's a day right there. And you know
1: the But best you've part, done it. Oh, right yeah. and She's gonna feel fantastic till about oh, noon.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: <laughs> so uh. i i can I can jump a little travel story. I don't know if you noticed. I sent out a tweet this weekend that. Uh, yeah, I did. Um, I forgot my laptop in the plane in uh, in Denver. Get to the hotel. I'm staying right across the <laughs> walkway. Thankfully, I get to the hotel. I'm like my computer. So I go back to the hotel or I go back to the airport. The baggage person has me fill out a uh like a claim thing yeah they go you know you usually hear within 10 days i'm like 10 days okay man that's no good but anyway i go back to the hotel i get up i got a flight delay for three and a half hours in the morning which is i'm like that's no good but oh maybe no. i can find the computer so yeah. i go back Talk to one person at united they were super helpful like they're i'm showing them on my phone it says it's in the airport you know like a, on the find yeah, my yeah. track you
0: have a locator yeah
1: so he goes yeah it's in the B terminal he goes right by the C's candy and i'm like what i'm picturing some person working on my computer by a kiosk or something <laughs> so i go over there i get into line at customer service there's like 50 people in it and this guy behind me goes Hey, buddy, are you looking for something? Because I'm on my phone. I'm looking. At, I go, yeah, yeah. I Tell him the story. He goes, well, I know what you look like. He goes, go to the United Club. Maybe somebody can help you there. It was right down the you know, 100, 100 meters away. And he goes, I'll save your spot. I go down there. It's mayhem because there's flights delayed and stuff. And the woman behind the counter goes, she points at me and she goes, do you need some help? Mm-hmm. I was just standing there kind of taking it in. Yeah. I go, yeah, I do. I lost my computer or I forgot my computer. I show her the thing. She takes her coffee, we walk out, she goes, Oh my God, I just need a quiet place to drink my coffee. She goes, let's see, if we can,
0: <laughs> let's
1: see if we can find your computer. We go to customer service, I ping it off my phone. I can hear it in the customer service thing. It's going, it sounds like a sonar. Have you ever done that? Like no. You ping your com- when you find your computer, there's a ping on it. It's a yeah. locator. And it starts going <laughs> like this, right? And I'm like, it's here. It's somewhere. She goes back behind this, I don't know, sort of wall thing. Comes out with my computer, and I just had to enter into it, and I got it back. So so lucky. But the, everybody wow. was awesome, helpful,
0: man. Well, I, and and so as you're telling this story again, we've traveled enough together, um, and I also know how hard you've worked on honing your travel skills independently, because yes. you know, again, in previous lives you'd have you know, Gord Miller or others as part of an entourage, um, patience wasn't necessarily high no. <laughs> on the list of, of things that you were noted for. It sounds like you've <clears throat> changed that, man. Like this, that, that whole story was impressive. It was
1: really, I, I, I walked away. I was like, wow. <laughs> I kind of handled that mayhem okay. That, <laughs> that was okay. And one last thing. So, you know, when you're standing around, sometimes you run into people. I run into this woman. I'm starting to talk to her. We're talking about pretty soon now we got a couple of things in common. She goes, oh, yeah, we're, we lived up in Vancouver for a few years when our boys played hockey. And and I'm like, oh, yeah. I said, uh, uh, where did they play? She says, North Shore Winter Club. How, how old are they? They're like, oh, 32. I'm like, oh, my son played at Burnaby Winter Club. He's 32. I go, "It's It was Drew Shore's parents and Nick Shore's Come parents. On. I'm like, oh, hi. How are you guys? So I... 40-minute talk in the sad.
0: airport. It was amazing. So it turned out to be a good day. You know what? See, this is going to be – well, it, it, let's hope it isn't, but it could be the best part of the podcast today. Let's hope we
1: can, we can, we can <laughs> climb the ladder here a little
0: bit. All right. Well, we'll do that in Tim Horton's headlines. For 60 years, Tim's has been supporting and loving hockey at both the community and the pro levels. From partners like Sidney Crosby, Marie-Philippe Poulin, Sarah Nurse, and Nathan McKinnon, to initiatives like the Tim Bitts hockey program with over 100,000 participants across the country, Tim's is proud to be part of growing the game in Canada. Uh, midpoint of the season, more or less midpoint of the season, and more drama in Columbus, Ray. 29-year-old goaltender Elvis Merzlikens tells media on Monday that he's requested a trade. So healthy scratch in four of five. He makes 27 saves in a shootout win over the Vancouver Canucks. Um, you know, three goalie system, as we know, is a challenge, right? And, right. you know, without getting into too much detail, Elvis makes it abundantly clear. He's certainly had enough. You know, I, I guess what I, what I feel for here is what is the market? And we talk about goaltending almost on pod by pod basis, but what is the market for a guy who's a $5.4 million cap hit for the rest of this year, plus three more after this year? Going to be a challenge for Yarmol.
1: It's uh, slightly better than acquiring us to play goal. <laughs> like, like, there's no chance. It's
0: hard. No.
1: Like the, the the first thing I thought of when I saw him, and I and I get like he's frustrated and mad and angry and all those things, and but he hasn't stopped the puck very well, and he's got this contract with him, right? And so the first thing I thought of was, I wonder if there's a deal with Edmonton in there somewhere.
0: They got a yeah, go leave. They don't want either. Yeah, right. right.
1: And I'm like, but does that, does that help you at all? Because yeah. is, is he better than Stu Skinner? Because if he's not, and I don't think yeah. he is, no. then why would you pay a guy 5.4 million to wear a ball hat? Yeah. You, you just, you wouldn't. And I'm, so I'm looking around. I'm like, this sounds like, or looks like a deal. If it's going to happen, it's going to be in the summer. Um when teams can figure out more of their cap and they've got a little more space and you can work money, come back, money go out. And it's going to be really, really challenging. It's also going to be challenging if he plays
0: once every three weeks. That was going to be the point I was going to make. If you're do you just go down to Pascal Vincent and say, sorry, man, but whatever your goalie schedule is, we're changing that. You know, if, if there's going to be a market for this guy who clearly doesn't want to be in Columbus anymore, we're going to have to create that environment. And it can only happen if he strings some games together.
1: Um, it's the only way Um the, the, maybe the, another point to this thing is like you said, more drama in, in Columbus. Isn't it amazing that that just seems to stick there? Yeah, it does. It's one after another and it really can't be And it. And I mean, it, it makes me think that if, if they're really going to change the culture there, they've got to change everything. Right. Yeah. They, they, that, that's what it's just too long where things just, they've, they've been really close for a little bit and then it's kind of gone to tatters now. And and it's hard to do it on the fly, a piece here, a piece there. It's like, you almost have to change everything.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. And, I, and look, not to get into this skull of, of Jarmo Kekalainen or John Davidson, but specific to Yarmo, you kind of wonder after being there so long and having some level of success, but not continued success and not the level of success that they've invested in to try and mm. attain if you just go, yeah, I think it's time for all of us to go different directions. Eventually, you might not have any more ideas. Well, well it kind of seems like that's where they're at, doesn't it? Uh, Mark Andre Fleury. If we stay in the vein of goaltending, moves into second all time, and we love the flower. Who doesn't? I mean, he's just such, you know, a friendly but fierce competitor. Um, 552 wins, just passing Patrick. Wow, amazing a shutout win over the Islanders. And as the flower joked about post game, you know, it took a while to get there. Things weren't kind of tracking the way he was hoping. Um, but when you think of that in historical way, um, what an accomplishment, right, for a highly decorated goaltender, a real good dude and Marc-Andre Fleury, uh, and fitting. He's not going to catch Marty Berdner. Come on, like 691 wins. But a fitting place in history for one of the game's good guys. Fair to say? Yeah,
1: f- for sure. I mean, just think of the consistency involved, drags, in doing this. That's to average about 27.5 wins for 20 years. Yeah. Like who's doing that again? <laughs> Nobody. Like he just—he's such a, you know, um, it, it's freakish that you know the the success, the health, the attitude, the um, not in one place, bouncing around the different places, and being able to do it again and and again and again and yeah, it's it's um it, it's also kind of weird. I guess this is as you get older. When you watch somebody come in at the start, have a long career, and then finish, and you mm-hmm. remember it all, oh, that's kind of it's a it's an odd place in your life to do. Yeah, I remember when Flurry was drafted. Yeah, that's that's a hundred years ago, and <laughs> here he is still playing. And now, if Minnesota doesn't catch the pack here, which seems unlikely,
0: is he in play at the deadline? I'm so glad you brought that up because I was going to um I mean it feels fitting, doesn't it? I mean, the man is thirty nine years old he's mm-hmm. he's in the final year of an expiring contract. You know by the time you get to March eighth, the cap hit is 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 palpable you can you can probably deal with it, but even as just depth, right? I mean, you wouldn't expect him to come in and shoulder the load, but maybe he could you know maybe one more deep playoff push. With Mark andre I, I just, why wouldn't, if he's willing, he's got the no move, if he's willing to engage, and Minnesota is out of it, any team that has, even has a, a slight concern or question in goaltending, wouldn't you have to have that conversation and see if there's a fit? Yeah, I mean, I
1: can, I can think of a couple right away where yeah. it would be, mm. you know, like, the problem is I don't want to say anything because then it starts to sound like you're just cultivating a rumor. But I can, I can right. think of a couple right away that make three really great sense to bring in. Mm. Oh, since it's three, it's not a rumor. So I'm going to say anyway. So <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking L.A., Colorado, and Edmonton. Okay. Because in each case, like David Riddick played really well for L.A. yesterday, but Cam Talbot's 36. Alexander Georgiev in Colorado plays double headers. I mean like he's playing every game just wild. Yeah. They they need another guy there. Edmonton, I mean Pickard has done a terrific job, but if you could upgrade to Flurry then without blowing up your cap, like you know, mm-hmm. they're going to have to yeah. try and add a little bit more there, but maybe it kind of fits. I don't know. Those are those are three teams anyway. I haven't put any thought to it, but those are three that jumped at me.
0: Well, something to watch for sure as we Creep closer to the March 8th trade deadline. Uh, Ray, how about the year Sam Reinhardt is having, right? And, you know, I don't want to say that he doesn't get enough of media attention because he does. I mean, the media market in Florida is different than a lot of places around the National Hockey League. So if you're using that as measurement, okay, Sam doesn't get the recognition he deserves with 32 goals. One back of Matthews, but you talk about contracts and this guy's on a goal scoring pace here, right? seven games straight with a goal. He's a six and a half million yeah six and a half million dollar cap hit, which is a bargoon based on what he's doing for the Panthers. Twenty-eight years old, he's an unrestricted this summer. We know that there are ongoing contract discussions with the the Florida Panthers. And and the sense is that I mean it's a tricky one because Florida has the same cap issues that so many other teams do, right? Right. Toronto found a way to extend William Nylander, 92 schmills. So it wasn't much of a discount there. But Reinhardt loves Florida so much, and you do have the, the tax benefits of playing in the state of Florida. I, I just think that this is one of those maybe similar to, to Nylander, but different in that Reinhardt wants to stay. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he's staying with the Florida Panthers, but maybe less money. We'll see, but, but maybe less. But well, he deserves it's going to be whatever in- he can get.
1: It's going to be interesting to play out the the length of the deal is going to be uh, interesting to me. Um, there's two ways to look at it. So Sam is not a blazer, right? He's not a not a great skater. No, but no. So that you always worry about how a great skater, uh, an average, or to slightly better than average, I guess, skater. How does that age? That's mm-hmm. that's of course. Part A. Part B is what if it's better if you're not a great skater and successful when you're 28 years old? Yeah. Like maybe you're the same skater at 35. You're not going to get any faster, but you're right. You might not get any slower either. Some guys yeah. that are fantastic skaters, they've they've been able to outskate their problems their whole lives. And yeah. when you're not a great skater, you gotta be a great thinker. If Reinhardt's a thinker, like he's mm. he's a really clever clever player so that's uh, that would be a that's a tough one because he's scoring at such an incredible rate i i do think though in these years where players are like that the managers have to look and go okay this is not the norm and you have to try to get to a point with the player that and their representation that they understand this is not the norm let's look at the last three or four years and Figure out what the norm is and what does that norm pay. Like that would be the goal, anyway. I'm sure it's yeah, different. And, and, I'm sure it's never that easy.
0: And and maybe maybe the the compromise is in the term, right? I mean, mm. at, at at 28, maybe you give them a year or two longer than you're comfortable with, but you do that because you can then manage the annual average salary, and it it, it makes it more consumable if you're Billy Zito. But. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it, it, it does feel he's like he's having it's a great hamacal. year, though. He's having Terrific a great year. One yeah, thing, is the if team, we could touch, right? Yes. Yeah.
1: This might be Paul Maurice's best coaching job because no. they've had to manage his, you know, the no Montour, Ekblad, Bennett for most of the first six weeks of the season. Look like, remember, he said at the end of the year, mm. he, set, he set everybody up, by the way. He's the best. Mm this he goes it's gonna be tough to make the playoffs next year with the injuries we've got and they'll stop it Paul and but he's done a he's done an i think an amazing job um
0: this year you know you know who doesn't get we're 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 throwing out the accolades and giving credit here walt Kachuk doesn't get enough credit for lighting a fire (laughs) under Matthew in the way that they did he did last year remember um Oh, what they said, what quote? are they Something want? They want, to, they want to
1: get autographs. Looking for so. autographs. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean, if you track it all the way back to that mm-hmm. comment, I'm not so sure that the Florida Panthers and Matthew Kachuk specifically in the group didn't kind of launch from that, uh, that point forward. One last you. thing
1: on Florida, because you mentioned it and we, sk- we skimmed through it about the tax yeah. advantages. And there are so many people that, um, you know when a contract gets uh, signed a big one like neanderers uh fans get so upset about the tax advantages to teams like Florida and stuff and they and they say why can't why can't there be like an NHL tax rate and there just can't be because mm-hmm. if a you can't call the government and say we're gonna tax our players on our own on our right. own scale and so if a player from Florida gets traded to a player in Canada what do you do about the salary now that doesn't fit because no. he's got an NHL salary. and he's. Ta- it's, it's just, it's way, way too complicated to even begin to try and find an answer for, but it is an advantage to the teams that have no state tax for sure.
0: No question. Uh, Toronto on the road, right this week. Bit of a gauntlet, I would say, for the Maple yeah. Leafs. So they've got Edmonton tonight, uh, Calgary Thursday, Vancouver on Saturday, and we'll throw Seattle into the mix for a good measure. Oof, they've played great. Um, Really good, yeah. Yep. So I was at the game on Saturday where they gave up the 3 nothing lead to the Colorado Avalanche. The Avs scored five unanswered, um, then followed that up by giving up three in the third in the 4-2 loss yeah. on Sunday to Detroit. Craig Button teed off on TSN after the loss to Colorado, which, by the way, as we know, isn't unusual for Craig. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Craig will every once in a while tee off when something kind of gets the wires touching. He said Toronto isn't a contender and i mean i do we use one game to indicate that i you know normally i would push back and i would debate but the way that toronto lost that game to a legit stanley cup contending colorado avalanche team mm-hmm. i i can i can see where he's going with that because again watching it up close um colorado just didn't seem to have it in the first period and and toronto mm-hmm. gets a couple of i'll call them Well, I mean, the Morgan Riley breakaway was a beautiful backhand. That was a really nice goal. But two defensemen score for the Leafs. Colorado then flips the switch in the second period, and it felt like Nate McKinnon, Kale McCarr, uh, Miko Rantanen never left the ice, never left the ice until they tied the game and then got the lead. And you know the way they went. So, how big of an indicator, how big of a measuring stick can a game like that be when you're trying to establish what being a true Stanley Cup contender is.
1: Well, um, I, I don't think one game ever is really the, you know, you get the full picture. But if, if that one game is an illustration of what you think bigger issues are, then I think that's really where the problem is. And, that, and that's, I'm assuming what, you know, what touched the wires for Craig. Mm-hmm. And for, for many that were watching, don't forget Colorado didn't have Val Nachuskin either. Right. In, in the game, right? So you're like, that's, that's another pretty good player. So I don't know if you watched a football game last night, the Eagles <laughs> got got yeah, eliminated. Yeah. And it wasn't one game. The, the problems they were having in the last four or five weeks, they kind of were, painted a bigger picture that it was almost inevitable that they weren't going to win. And yeah. I, I think the picture that gets painted in Toronto is – Th- they're just not quite deep enough they're just not quite uh stout enough on defense um and and i and I think the th- that picture a bigger picture is more important than the than the one game, like having a three nothing lead and losing it right. and so that's i I think Toronto's one of the best ten teams in the league I do for sure mm-hmm. um and so any one of those ten you could say sure, of course they could win mm-hmm. but I just I look at over the last couple of years how freaking miserable and hard and oh man it is to win. And I'm like, can yeah. Toronto win 16 games? And I'm like, uh, as of today, I I say they can't.
0: Yeah. And Sheldon Keefe is is trying to hold guys accountable, right? You mm-hmm. know, it's not just the scratching of David Kampf, you know, number of games back. Um, more or less benches. His captain, John Tavares, you know, through a good chunk of that third period against Colorado. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi played just over a minute. Um, You know, Tavares just, you know, like like players go through. He's 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 in a bit of a funk. I don't think that he's lost his skill set. I mean, no, he hasn't lost his skill set. But just think of the two players in the game that you
1: mentioned that didn't play very much. Do you see a commonality? They don't have Mm -hmm. much pace, right? And what does Colorado play with? They play with Oof. pace. And that that if you look again, just look on a bigger scale, not just that one day, but the lack of pace for Bertuzzi and Tavares is is a concern if you play them together, if you spread them apart, can't you know how does that how does that manifest itself on on two different lines? Like that those are tricky calls, and maybe maybe the answer is you can't. Have one plan for it. You're going to have to move it around. I will say this though, Andrew Cogliano scored in that game. One of my yeah. all-time favorites. I just <laughs> if if you want to see someone that is in love with every portion of the game, go talk to Andrew Cogliano for 15 minutes. And if you want to watch something that will, if you like detail, <laughs> it will crack you up. Drakes. watch him lace his skates. <laughs> there is not a wrinkle. In those skate laces. I talked to him Ridiculous. in Denver. And I was watching him. The room's empty. The trainers yeah. are setting the game. Now they're taking all the practice stuff away and putting the game jerseys up and stuff. Yeah, he's still yeah. there. We're talking. He's lacing his stuff. I miss Bednar's availability. We were talking. I was like, <laughs> he's one of my favorites. And so I'm so happy That's to awesome. see him score.
0: He just loves it. Okay. The one final thing on the Leafs, because you're a power play guy, right? Um, yeah. And I'm well, going back and, and be- forth with... Yeah, I'm going back and forth. Well, I mean, you have a mind that's, that's designed around thinking about how power play should operate. So I'm going back and forth with a guy who's invested with the Leafs and, and isn't happy with the, again, a sagging power play. It, it, it hasn't produced of late. It's not crisis, but it's, yeah. it's like everything else about their game. It's sagging right now. And he's like, Oh, well, how about this old school? Why does the first unit always have to go out first? Like, these guys aren't, aren't, aren't doing what you need them to do, which is scoring goals, creating offense. Hey, throw the second unit a bone and send them over the boards first and see what happens. Does that, would that, I mean, it, it, it's old school, but if you're a first unit, if you're Austin Matthews or Mitch Byron, are you sitting there looking back at Sheldon going, are you for real? Oh, if yes, he were you were to do that. Are you? Yes,
1: you are for sure. Um, if it happens <laughs> once you wouldn't, but if it, you know, happened over the course of a game. Yeah, for sure. The second part, the reason the second unit is the second unit is because they're the second unit. <laughs> right, and, right. You know, like the, the chances of of them scoring are your power play goes, you know, takes a hit percentage-wise yeah, yeah. with, with the second group. That's just the, the fact of the matter. Here's the thing. if I, Last year, the Oilers, I think they were about 32%. It was like a historic power play. So you can say that means they score three out of ten. Yeah, they miss seven out of ten. Yeah. So say they say they have a couple of weeks where they go and they're at 10%. Yeah. And they go from 32% to 27%. So what? Because they're yeah. gonna get a stretch where if you think they're a real good power play, which they are,
0: they they'll,
1: are yeah. they'll end up that's 82 games is a hell of a long time. They're gonna end up against a team that kills power play or A team that can't kill penalties and they're gonna get four and then they're gonna feel great again. And that that's the that's the life of a power play. It drives people crazy, but
0: that's what it is. Okay, how about the minor hockey approach then? Okay. Whichever power play unit scores the goal starts the next one.
1: See, I don't (laughs) mind that. Sure. Go ahead with that. Why don't you why don't you put a couple defensemen up front too? And then the other the other thing you don't get in minor hockey, I'm I'm sure nobody's making a million bucks there, but if you got a bunch no, of guys right. making ten and a half and they're sitting <laughs> no. on the bench in front of you, you're not really building the bridge to them. Your job as the coach no. is to figure out a different a different way to get out of it. That by the way is Guy Boucher, right? That, right, that took right. over the power play. Let's not yeah. reinvent the wheel here. <laughs> and and so like th- they're they're in that soup together. Yeah. And and All the power play can do when it struggles is to simplify, to shoot, to retrieve. And as you shoot and retrieve, then you can start making plays.
0: All right. Uh, All right. We had some fun with that. Let's uh, wrap up headlines with uh, another kind of lighter item. Not that the leaf situation is light, but we had some fun with it. Who is this year's Florida Panthers, right? A team that you can see that kind of – Gets into the playoffs, but then all of a sudden something sparks and they get fueled by momentum, which drives them deep into the playoffs. When I mean, we're we're past the midpoint of the regular season, is there somebody? And it could be obvious. I don't know. I mean, is there somebody in the grouping that you look at is either just outside the wild card line or maybe just inside the wild card line that you think is going to be good? So you're not going to let me pick Edmonton, right? No, they don't no. count.
1: No, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking New well,
0: Jersey. That's what I was thinking. That's a well, long way Jersey, away from me. Well,
1: Jersey's him. got no players
0: no, right no. now.
1: Like they're they are just limping along trying to be moderately healthy. Hey, Ollie. Yeah. Ollie just popped in here. And uh, nice. Good morning. And uh, what about? I, I I got a couple like Detroit or Philly.
0: Yeah.
1: Might you know? Like I'm starting to get to the point with Philly is like they just don't go away.
0: No. Every I know. time
1: you think they're not going to be quite it. They're they put together another another solid game. You know who's given them some Joel Farabee is a good player. He, he is, is a, a good really player. good yeah. player. And Sam Erson and Goal, you know, you never hear much about him. And then all of a sudden, look, check out his record. It, take away his first couple of starts this year where he was he had a little stage fright. Um, yeah. He's been amazing. And as much as it'll piss people off, uh Rick Bonus and Rick Tockett, I think, are front runners for Coach of the Year, but so is John Tortorella.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. Um,
1: but I, you can't pick Winnipeg as this year's Florida. They're in first place. Um, but Detroit's like all of a sudden, Detroit's barking at Toronto's heels here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I'm like, hmm, maybe because we didn't. Did we really think Florida was going to do that last
0: year? We sure didn't. Not really. No. You know. No. Detroit I, I, Detroit is sneaky. I, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Again, watching that that game against the Leafs, they play a pretty stingy style, right? I mean, anything that's with
1: Kane? Did you hear anything with Kane?
0: I, I haven't. I meant to check on it. Obviously, that didn't look good, right? Especially yeah. when he came back to the bench, and you could yeah. see that uh, he was in some, some pain. Yeah. So definitely <laughs> something we have to follow up on. I'll keep you posted. All right. Those are your headlines. Thank you to Tim Hortons. For
1: 60 years, we've been beside you, loving hockey. Through the highs, the lows, and everything in between. The game's come a long way, and together we can take it further.
0: Our interviews on Ray and Dregs are brought to us by Canadian Club Whiskey, who... Have uh, released the first release of the Canadian Club Invitation Series, the CC 15 year old sherry cask, signature CC classic 12 year old whiskey, finished with a secondary aging in Oloroso sherry casks. Time for a couple of questions, maybe three. We'll see how we work through. Ask Ray and Dregs anything. You can submit your questions to us on our socials at Ray and Dregs or on the website rayandregs.com. Greetings, Ray, from Connecticut. Big fan of yours since the early days with the whale, going back on. Oh, along.
1: the pesky whale. Uh,
0: pesky whale. Now, I remember in those early days, the watchword for words was no mistakes. Since the Whalers players at the time couldn't beat the other teams on talent alone. So think back to the personnel on that team, Ray, who later went on to coach and manage in the NHL. So we're looking at Ron Francis, mm. Bob Crawford, Dave Tippett, Dean Evason, Kevin Deneen, Joel Quenville, of course um such talent for leadership and maybe we missed a couple here uh now i i like to think that part of the reason for all of those men developing into such good coaches and managers was coach tex evans and his emphasis on minimizing mistakes so ray what do you think if not then is it just coincidence that all this nhl brain power played in hartford in the 80s
1: we have talked about this before, um, like. Um, whenever we've been together like i mean the players and or ex-players i guess we all are and it's the oddest thing i i don't know that there's one thing you could say there's a tex evans coaching tree because coaching was so different back then than it is today and what made everybody in that room or so many guys in that room become legit nhl coaches like i can tell you for a fact like i thought dave tippett would be a coach like you just just the way tippy played the way he he was he was playing a system before we had a system you know yeah, like he just knew what that, yeah. he just knew what was going on ronnie francis i always felt like he would i didn't think he would coach i felt like he would manage like he he was just always in charge if you would have told me joel quenville was going to be a coach i would have never guessed <laughs> because you never, nobody mm-hmm. even thought about it. I was also, I was 20 years old and, or yeah, 22 yeah. years old, and who, who thought about what their teammates were going to do? We thought we were all going to play forever, you know? And so I don't know that there's one particular reason, but it is an inordinate number of people that out of that locker room, coached, managed. Mike Leute's a longtime successful agent. Stu Gavin yeah. runs a financial company. Um, like, it, it's it's really quite remarkable what's what's come out of there.
0: All right, that one from Daniel LaRose. Thank you for the submission, Daniel. Um, Sean Topp has a question, and actually an observation too, and he's wondering about Mullet Arena. Wants to know what happens if the Arizona Coyotes make the playoffs. Uh, and he wants us to answer this in two parts. Will they continue to play at Mullet Arena? The answer to that is yes. Um, and oddly, Ray... This topic came up at the recent Board of Governors meetings, and Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly was kind of cornered after Gary Bettman's media availability, kind of talking about the future of the Coyotes, where they're at, and whatnot. Um, and Daly was was almost uh, offended, might be strong, but he was perturbed by the line of questioning, and you know, the question, "Will they play at Mueller? Well, the reason it's being asked. Is because you've got a facility of, what, 5,000 seats or less? Yeah. I mean, is that playoff worthy in the National Hockey League? And the hard answer to that is no. But what other Where options are you going to go? Have? Where are you going to go? Where else are you going to go? That's yeah. pretty much it. Yeah. So the follow-up question, if so, which we've established, yes, um, they go on a magical run to the Stanley Cup final. Ooh, maybe that's the team. Oh, Sean we We're that's sure, yeah. the team that's going to be this year's Florida Panthers. So he's asking. So they go on this magical run to the Cup final. Which of these outcomes is more troubling for Commissioner Bettman? The terrible look to befall the NHL, or the fact that in a smaller arena, the booze he'd receive when presenting the Cup might sound even louder than usual. Right. I I think. I'd never even thought of this but
1: what if they do get there? And I mean it's it's just a fun pretend thing but where would everybody sit? Like just think of yeah. how much yeah. infrastructure goes in there to um to, to to just run a playoff game anyway but a Stanley Cup final with Like, for example, there's two national broadcasts in there. Where does everybody fit? Where are they going to put two broadcast locations that everybody is going to be happy? It would be, oh, I would love to be in those meetings just (laughs) just to see how they would piece it together. Because I don't care what they say. It's a college experience, blah, blah, blah. I've never been there. I'll be there in April. I got a game. It would be a mess. Yeah, it would be it would be a challenge times ten for them.
0: Um, and I wonder if they would reconsider, right? I, I mean, I, it's a, the reason I think that they were reconsider their chest what out. move the city. Well, you see, the venue you can't move the venue, but well, what are know, they going to do? Gotta call be Gl- call
1: Glendale, option. call Glendale up, and see if they can go back there and play.
0: Yeah, why not? I guess. Right. Could you? <laughs> uh,
1: now we're almost Which also, cheering for it. Now we're almost yeah, cheering for it.
0: I know we are. And it reminds me for insider trading, I should check that out because at that board of governor's meeting, of course, there was at least some progress being made on, you know, the parcel of land that they were trying to secure and then building the facility and all that.
1: Don't, don't check. Don't report on it.
0: Yeah, don't I te- know. Don't
1: tell me until something's, they've got a shovel in the ground.
0: It does feel like we've talked endlessly about the yeah. future of the Coyotes. There's no doubt about that. All right, what's your travel schedule like? We started the podcast talking about uh, some of the travel nightmares. What's your week look? Like?
1: Um, I'm I'm Wednesday. I'm going to L.A. for uh, Nashville and L.A. So yeah, uh, the big trick's going to be. Apparently, it's going to snow uh, overnight Tuesday, and uh, snowplows are not in. Um, you know, in in high reserve here in Vancouver. So right, I'm a little yeah, concerned right. about the uh, Wednesday morning flight, but we'll see. It's just one game this weekend and um, or this week, which is kind of nice. So.
0: That was the ABC game. I caught parts of it. Uh, it,
1: it was good. I Yeah. I, what was not – it was just like it was a low event game. Right, and, right. You, you know, you like when you're broadcasting, of course, you like lots of things happening. I'll yeah. tell you who's having a hell of a year is Charlie Lindgren, in goal is, for Washington. Yeah. He really yeah. is. But yeah. yeah, it was. It's fun to get back at it, and Saturdays always are fun, and um, you know they feel a little different. And um, yeah, so we're one in the books.
0: Yeah, busy week for me this week. Kind of unusually like, so. Yeah, yeah well, you got like the Oilers and the Leafs tonight. Yeah, and then Calgary and and Toronto on on Thursday, and. Ryan and and Zuby and I were talking before you you logged in and I'm like, I'm not complaining. I mean, you guys juggle the Pacific region to accommodate the Eastern time zone every week, you know, several times over the course of a month. And I'm looking at this week. I'm like, come on! I've got like an 8:30 Eastern pregame tonight, oh, and a 9:10 puck drop. I'm not getting out of studio till midnight for heaven's sake.
1: You know, you know what's going to be awesome, I mean. Dregs? By the way, <clears throat> living out what's in that? Vancouver is Saturday is Canucks and Leafs. Yeah. Right? 4 yeah. p.m. Pacific start. I love hearing the people in Vancouver complain about it. It's actually one of my favorite parts of the year.
0: Why? Is why? The because they're working and they, they can't get there in time. We, I would think it's you'd Saturday. love it you go for
1: dinner afterwards. Yes. But they, compl- why do we have to, why do we have to do this for the Toronto people? Well, because that's <laughs> the primetime region where the entire country lives.
0: But I, lo- I it's it
1: actually one of my favorite things. I
0: love it. <laughs> well, good times. Uh, okay. We'll revisit that and I'm sure we'll have plenty of fodder from, uh, well, we'll see how tonight's game goes, Matthews against mm-hmm. McDavid, and we'll work some of our magic and hopefully have a real special guest on Thursday, Ray. We're just ironing that's... out the details. The negotiations are well underway here.
1: Oh well, that's just you know again. Don't tell me it's all on your plate. I know you'll pull through. Yeah. There,
0: there's no way you could fail now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, buddy. We'll enjoy the week and yep. uh, enjoy the. W- downtown, yep. We'll talk.
1: Yeah. Uh, when are we Thursday again? Thir- I think. Yeah, Thursday. That what we decided. Yeah, yep. Thursday Perfect.
0: morning again. All right. Talk
1: then. Thanks. Everyone. Thank you to our
0: sponsors who continue to support Ray and Dregs, our title sponsor, Canadian Club whiskey, and of course Tim Hortons. And yes, thank you for rating, for listening, and for sharing, and for following us on our YouTube channel as well. Until next time, stay safe, everybody.